Hey guys, welcome to Cancel This, CancelTheShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks and Projo in the house. October 30th edition of the Cancel This Show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central. And all the time on our website, CancelTheShow.com. Thanks for kicking your week off with us, kicking your morning off with us as well as always. News, news headlines. We've got cancel culture education, politics, interviews, business. Fridays, we get a little wacky, crazy. Well, Lizzie does it a lot of the time. Uh, ready to bring you some big Vic energy this morning. Um, and we'll see where we go with that. <laughs> that was well said. Uh, coming up at 820, um, we've got uh, ZZ on. And is it Zama Zama? Zama Zama stuff? Is I, that I just call her ZZ. We'll have to ask her. It's ZZ. Zama Zama, right? An incredible Zama Zama? I don't know. Zama Zama. Zama Zama. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zama Zama. ZZ. She'll be on about 820. She's already in the studio here. Grew up in Afghanistan. Born, raised, helped U.S. Special Forces when they were there. I mean, literally risked her life on a daily basis. Made a daring uh, escape to the United States. She has an incredible story. We'll talk to her in regards to what's happening with her life, what she's done, what happens in the Middle East, and how maybe it all ties into Hamas and Israel and everything else that's going on with that war. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Gabe Crocker, former cop turned criminal defense attorney uh fascinating individual winning a lot of cases uh he's going to come in and tell us a lot of the issues that law enforcement are facing now some of the biggest things that he sees from a criminal defense attorney standpoint texting and driving that's a big one uh as well as some other issues and just how things are going in that life uh president trump uh sounding more like a president sorry i'm calling the president um over the weekend um all the White House will say now is don't to Iran. Just don't. Uh, Cami got some 60 Minutes pub last night. What do you say to Iran for being involved or possibly supplying this, supplying that? Hezbollah, Hamas. Don't. That's all they're saying is don't. Don't. Um, still American hostages being held, Israeli hostages, although a couple Israeli hostages were found dead, uh, which just adds to that story. I know the news cycle is... So much so that we forget about things. But once again, I said I would never forget that. We've got hostages over there, and we continue to bring that up. What the hell happened with Matthew Perry, Friends actor? Uh, makes no sense, especially after the coroner released somewhat of an autopsy. He deferred it. Mm -hmm. My grandpa was a, was a coroner. This is a big deal. You, you know. I mean, it's like, wait a second. No drugs, no alcohol, no foul play. Uh, but he did. We'll get into it. I don't want to get into all of it right now. You have to hear a Canadian reporter breaking down Israel, Hamas, what's going on in regards to the investigations that she had done there. From it, it just, it, it's very, very uh, interesting. And then Jew hate running rampant across this world including in the United States. Uh, lots more to get to, um, including uh, a fun little deal with Gavin Newsom as well, because, okay, in life, but first, do we have commercials still? Do we? Do? We do. You know what? Let's run people. Let's start the commercials. Let's run the commercials. We'll come back. You won't want to miss Gavin Newsom, because in life, don't try to be too cool. When you try to be too cool, something bad is going to happen. Pride comes before the fall, literally. In this case with Kevin Newsom. We'll be back with this in just two minutes.
Marco, wait. What? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh, yeah. And service. Kathy O. Big Strick, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners with EXP, has been one of St. Louis, Missouri's highest selling groups for 26 years running. In that time, Kathy and her team have successfully assisted an incredible 4,000 families. So if you're thinking about buying, building, or selling, be sure to put Kathy's group and their experience to work for you, and you can expect to be moved. Just give her a call at 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-7653 or 5 Finder online at experience-re.com. Attention, anyone who served, lived, or worked at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Camp Lejeune's drinking water was dangerously toxic, and base personnel and their families have since suffered cancer and other illnesses. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and were diagnosed with cancer, you may be eligible for significant compensation. Call the Driscoll firm now. Consultations are free, and you won't pay a fee unless we get you the money you deserve. 1-800-805-4800. As all of you may know, the home of the Cancel This Studio is located at the all-inclusive private jet hangar, Strategic Air Services. Founded in Chesterfield, Missouri, they take pride in offering a meticulous approach to private aviation through services that fully manage your trip from takeoff to landing. Strategic Air Services is more than just storage for your aircraft. They offer state-of-the-art amenities to its members and guests. When you are not traveling, you have the luxury of enjoying their world-class gym, conference rooms, lounges, and so much more. Strategic Air Services offers an unparalleled luxury experience for all things private aviation. If you're looking for a new place to call home for your aircraft, give them a call today at 636-400-7601. Again, that's 636-400-7601 or visit their website at strategicairservices.net. Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, if you don't know, is a family-owned business that has been around since 1994, serving some of the best chicken wings in town, no joke. Also known for their fresh burgers, pizza, and incredible smoked meat. Top-notch happy hour specials are included, plus live music every Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah, you can also enjoy their spacious heated covered patio. It's Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road. Hey guys, welcome back in <clears throat> to Cancel This, CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks Projo in the house as well. We appreciate you guys jumping in on a Monday with us. Uh, the best name I think I saw on the break was, uh, who said it? Was it Anthony Merkel or Aaron Blank? Oh, California's governor. Not Gavin Newsom, it's Gavin Dusham. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh my God, that's the best. That's the best one. Once again, if we were a really, really cool show, Mm -hmm. we would give you and send you prizes. I think we may have one hat left or something. Yeah, he could come up here and get a prize. He could get coffee and a cup. (laughs) We got prizes. We got stuff. Oh, no, no. That would be funny as well. Absolutely. Um, 
we, we got a lot to get to. Once again, canceltheshow.com. Like, subscribe, share the show. You can send us stars. We appreciate that when you do that as well. You can also check out our website, canceltheshow.com. You go to the merchandise site. Uh, lots of things there. Hats, T-shirts, glasses, cups, coffee. Uh, the Cancel This Organic Coffee. I haven't had it yet, but I'm told it's amazing. Vic, you got to try it. Although I did get my own little cup, which you was did. great. My little K-cup last week. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, all right, real quick. Gavin Newsom parading around like he is the Democratic um, nominee for president, mm-hmm. which he probably will because they still say there's yep. no way in hell Joe Biden is running for president. There just is no way. Um Here's Gavin Newsom. You got to check this out. When he was in China, yeah, that's right. Remember, he went and met with uh, the Chinese president. <laughs> they won't give Biden an audience, well, because he is compromised. But Gavin over in California, trying to cool. Now, you, you've seen people, and maybe we've all done it if you're walking in front of people and you trip and you, oh, yeah, I'm going to make that try to look really smooth. I've like, done that many I times. meant to fall. Oh, yeah, you trip and come out of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gavin. This was not a very good look for the California governor. If you screw up, you screwed up. That's mm-hmm. all right. Just lay there, like make fun of yourself. Don't take yourself too serious. Here's Gavin <laughs> trying to play basketball and making a mistake. What's he doing to that kid? <laughs> Let the kid alone. Spanking him. Watch. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to spin on my finger. I'm going to come back through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crashed and burned like the state of California. And then he touches his bottom. <laughs> like, let, let, kid's like, get the hell. I got to see it one more time, Joe. One more time. Gavin Newsom. Trying to be cool. Acting like, here he is. I mean, not only does that represent California, that represents America, that represents the Democratic Party, uh, all in one, right there, Gavin Newsom. If President, if the former President Trump did that, do you think you'd see that everywhere? Oh, you'd be seeing it everywhere, and they'd be calling him a pedophile by now. D- thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since it's Gavin, it's quiet. It's not being shown, except here, which we try to do. What? age if you're tripped to slay there don't grab a kid <laughs> like you got in your way i'm sorry not a big gavin fan no me neither um by the way um he just finished recently his six to seven million dollar new home in california as well well good for him yeah politicians uh-huh. becoming multi 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 millionaires um no surprise there so gavin did that um maybe we'll, we'll have to keep that on file that's an interesting one to say the least um we're going to get into it a little bit later, but I, we'll start right now. We'll start a little early. Are you good to go? Is easy? Okay. Um, what we're doing, Lizzie put this together, and I, I love the interview, too, what you have, Lizzie. If you can kind of explain a little bit, introduce Zizi since you set this up. Uh, but we're honored to have Zizi. We'll call you Zizi. We'll let you introduce yourself and what your name is and how you pronounce it and where you're from. Uh, but I'm so glad that we get an interview to kind of Explain who you are, what you've done, and how might it play with what's going on in the Middle East right now. 
Yes, when you hear Zizi, and I'm so excited that you're here, and I thank both you and Lori that are both here today. So Zizi is basically, you, you can call her originally a refugee, but I would call her an escapee, where she actually escaped from Afghanistan, and her story, and I can't even begin to do it justice, what you had to do to come here. And I think the neatest thing that I even think about you when you had come to my house at one point and kind of told me and my daughters just a little bit of your story, and I couldn't believe it. And I thought it was wonderful. And two of my kids, as you know, are Chinese, and they needed to hear how somebody had to really have a difficult way to get here and how much you love America now. But it wasn't just that you were adopted, put on a plane and brought over here. You had to escape. And so could you tell us, first introduce yourself and then tell us what you had to do to, to come to America. All right. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to this show today. And my name is Zamzama, but I go by Zizi. I I was born in 1997 in the east part of Afghanistan. Uh, when the Un- United States Americans came to Afghanistan, invade Afghanistan, I was just four years old, and women were banned and were not allowed to go to school. But I was really uh, interested to go to school, learn, and get education, be independent woman. But I was in a place, I was born where women were not allowed to leave their house without a male escort. Um, anyways, uh, by by having the American troops in Afghanistan, women were allowed to go to school, and I started going to school. I was 15 years old that I got captured by the Taliban because I was learning English language, and I was really interested into learning that language. <clears throat> but it was really tough where I was living in the east part of Afghanistan, most of the people were very conservative and very strict Muslims, and they consider uh, English language the language of the infidels. So I got captured with my youngest brother from school, and they took us to the mountains. I was in, in the control of Taliban for four days. They tortured me badly, and they raped me badly. After that, I was able to escape from them. As soon as I escaped from them, I met one of the U.S. officer who was a counterintelligence in the Air Force. He investigated my case, and then he offered me a job of translator to be a committed and loyal translator to the U.S. government so they can give me an SIV. SIV is the short form of special immigrant visa. So I risked my whole life, even though I was already in risk, but I risked my whole life for the U.S. troops in Afghanistan becoming a committed translator for them, going out on a daily basis missions, helping them with different dialogues in the villages when we were going out uh, uh, searching for the al-Qaeda in the houses, in the villages. And I was just 16 years old. When we were coming back to the base, I could still feel the heavy weight of body armors that I was wearing in going out with the U.S. military and helping them with my language skills and culture expertise. So this way my um, job was continue with the U.S. military and also when the word got out that I'm helping Uh, American troops, the Taliban became more mad and they targeted my family. They put bomb on my families and then after that uh, we moved to Kabul. I had a press conference. What Uh, do you mean they put a bomb on your family? They put a bomb like a grenade on my family 
to destroy and kill my whole family because I was. Uh, so was this at a house or? Yeah, it was at a house. So they succeeded. No, uh, luckily my family <clears throat> survived that. Nobody got um, killed, but they destroyed our house. And then after that, we, me, my father, and my youngest brother, we moved to Kabul. I had a press conference, speak out against the Taliban, and asking for safety from the from the Afghan government to provide security for my family because they were not safe. And then I was told that there are a lot of women that they are sacrificed here and you're one of them and we cannot do anything because the Taliban are rooted on the in the mountains. But um, I had a superhero father who helped me and supported me for my dreams and we never give up. So still I continue my education in Kabul. Also, I was helping the youth military in Kabul. Uh, but in Kabul, most of my translation was um, a money deals because we were transferring a lot of money in building facilities for the Afghan government and uh, uh, train them to be independent, to fight the Taliban back when they are getting control of Afghanistan. How old were you? when they captured you and tortured you and i'm sure they did the same thing to your brother as well yes i was 15 years old that i was captured and then they released my brother at the same time they tortured my brother as well and uh, um, they forcibly separated my brother from me and all i could hear was gunshot and i thought my brother is dead but when they forced me and make me to make a phone call to my father to let him know that I will never be coming home and I'm going to get married with the leader of the Taliban. How did you guys get away or why did they release you and your brother after four days? Um, my, they released my brother the same night after a couple hours, but they didn't release me at the same night. And they kept me there because I was learning English language and they were beating me up and torturing me. They were telling me this is the language of an infidel and women are not allowed to go to school. That's not in Islam. And then I became very determined and I promised myself if I get released somehow to see my family, but uh, I will never stop going to school and I will continue learning this language. And then I told the Taliban, let me go see my parents for the last time. I will come back and get married with you. In an Afghan culture, it's very controversial. What happened to me, um, this is like you were wound and nobody will get married with you or you're getting buried alive by your family. So this way the family can restore their pride and honor. But the Taliban didn't know that my father was not a typical Pashtun father. He was dying for me to support me for my dreams, to become independent, to be to become an educated woman. Um, I have when you went back, you started working with the United States, the special forces. Your experience there was great. I'm assuming in regards to getting help, because your life was so horrible. Dealing yes. with what you were dealing with. Yes. I was the first and only female translator at that time that I became a translator in Jalalabad province. Um, I was helping Marines, Special Forces, Air Force, uh, Army, all branches of the U.S. military in Afghanistan. But they were also helping me. It was both way help. But it took me 10 years to get the special immigrant visa. Even though my life was in danger, I have accomplished so many 
things and I, I, I risk my whole life. I sacrifice my whole life for the U.S. military to make them accomplish in Afghanistan what they wanted to accomplish. That is just huge. That is just huge. And what inside you made you want to do that instead of just have the will to give up? Why the United States? Why did you want to help them? Um, I was really respected by the U.S. military, especially Aaron Thomas, who was Air Force captain, and he was counterintelligence that helped me there. Um, I was I just loved the U.S. military, and I wanted to help them um, with the last drop of my blood, and I just never wanted to give up, and I wanted to save their lives. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. ZZ, how, how many years ago... Um, were you able to get away or get out of Afghanistan and get to the United States? That was, I started that application and that process in 2012. And you got here when? I got here when my country, Afghanistan, collapsed. Oh. I was in the last commercial flight oh. getting out of Afghanistan. Can you talk about what those days were? Because, I mean, from a political standpoint, most Americans think we deserted so many Afghan people who helped the United States, which is why I'm glad that your experience with the United States was a good one. And if I'm saying that wrong, correct me, because all I saw were all these people. Yeah, we were able to save people, but so many others were left behind to deal with whatever the hell that they're having to deal with. It just looked like total chaos in that country as we left. It was a total chaos. It was not a good idea the way that the U.S. government pulled out <clears throat> from Afghanistan, especially for those translators that they risk, they sacrifice their whole life like me. My family left behind in Afghanistan, and they sacrificed their whole life for the U.S. military to support me, to help them according to my language skills and culture expertise. It was really tough, uh, especially when, like, like U.S. military, as an interpreters, me, we, we did so much, and then all of the sudden left everything behind and get out of Afghanistan and left all those interpreters behind. Uh, it was just uh, terrible. It was heartbreaking. Um, I was not even um, sure on that last commercial flight that my flight will take off because I could see the Taliban and gunshots on the sky that they were like celebrating their victory and beating the U.S. government. And our flight delay, I, I, I was just um, really scared and I was shaking so bad I didn't know what to do because that was those moments were I thought like they are the last moments of my life. Were you there when the bomb went off at Kabul airport when we lost 13 servicemen and women had you already gotten out because one of those individuals who lost their lives that day um, was um, Jared Schmitz who was a St. Louisan. I, I met his parents and I was there, but I was not specifically on that day there because I, I got out uh, on the 15th of August and that happened a few days later um, in, in Ichkaya, which is Hamid Karzai International Airport. Uh, but I was in that path and it was not easy. 
And as soon as I came to the United to the to the that airport, I saw those Marines, those soldiers that they were like putting their life in the first line uh, to rescue their allies, like interpreters, translators, cultural advisors, and they got killed. It was just just heartbreaking, and I'm really appreciative of their service in Afghanistan. Gosh, this whole situation um, is is very interesting to me too because. Um, and I'll get your opinion on it because you know you were on the ground, you're working with U.S. forces. I just always felt the way that we left and all the military equipment that we left behind would eventually find its way to other terrorists around the world and somehow in some way be used against America and or our interest. Is it silly of me to think that weapons um, are being used against maybe Israel or some of our interest in the Middle East? Obviously, um, like all those equipments, all those um, guns, they will be used against the Western countries, and they will be used to support another terrorist groups in the Middle East. And no matter what, when it comes to the Western countries, all these terrorist groups will come together and fight against the, 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 the Western countries. And I, I think... Um, the Israel and Gaza war is the start of that, and all the Islamic countries. Well, I see people in these pro-Palestine rallies with ISIS signs and supporting of ISIS, and I'm like, my God, if people can't see through this right now, I don't know if they ever will. They are a militant. Hamas is a militant Islam, and they lost their credibility, and the Western country should know that and all these people who is like rising the sign of um, Hamas and supporting that uh, they know who is Hamas they know who is Hezbollah who is supporting Hamas they know who is Iran who will support and establish Hezbollah party in Lebanon and Iran is one of the biggest enemy of the United States. So obviously everybody, I think they know that. Um, I have to credit you on your English. Are you kidding me? We had Lori with us. <laughs> By the way, Lori, it's, uh, we have you on just in case, but I'm like, uh, your English is absolutely amazing. And to think that you were abducted, tortured, as you said, raped, because you were just trying to learn English. What, what an amazing journey to be able to speak this language. I appreciate it. I mean, you. you're so good. Thank you. It was not an easy journey. I face a lot of obstacles to to get where I am right now. She she and did get her bachelor's degree. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. When did you what, get your bachelor's degree? <laughs> She's in political um, science. I I got my bachelor's degree while I was even though a translator for the American troops, I was continuing my education. I got my bachelor's degree in political science from one of the most prestigious universities in Afghanistan. That's beautiful. And you've been in the country now, what, three years? Three years. What are you doing, what are you doing now? Um, right now, I'm doing motivational speeches for the high school students and university students. And my recent speech was at Yale in Connecticut. Um, but I will have another speech there very soon because they invited me and they thought that my story is just powerful. Uh, yeah, you're blowing me away, that's for sure, with everything that you have been through, what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you've seen, what you know. 
Um, when we see what's happening in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas, I mean, I, I get an idea from what you've already said just now, but for people who really don't know what's going on with that situation from your perspective, um, can you kind of break down from what you've seen and experienced and the kind of attitude and feeling that's there? Well, um, when I was 15 years old, I started fighting against Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Obviously, I know I have so many experience in that field. Um, and a lot of like, I would like to say that it's sad or it's not because a lot of Americans, they have no idea what's going on in the Middle East and who is their real enemy. Um, but I, I love America and I will fight and I will defend America um, till my last moment of my life. And I, I would like to talk about that, um, like how to break down those groups, those militant groups in, in the Middle East. Well, everybody knows that that Al-Qaeda and Hamas, before that 9-11 that happened, that was Al-Qaeda, but now it's like the game of ISIS. And uh, no matter what, as I mentioned before, like all these Islamic countries, they will come to support Hamas. They will not support uh, the U.S. or other Western countries. They will support Hamas because they have they share the same religion and uh, Hamas is. But they should know that Hamas is using the civilian people, and a lot of the the civilian people are sacrificed of that war. And but Hamas doesn't care because he does, his his heart is made of stone. His heart is made of stone. That's well said. What do you think about, you know, I look at the news and I look at different things and I know our listeners do too. And as a mom of college students, I see so many of these college students that both have Caucasian skin, some have Middle Eastern skin, and they're literally wanting to kill the Jews. I mean, that's basically what it is. What's that rationale? That Why are they doing That is not the true human beings. Mm -hmm. We should respect human beings. This is how God created human beings to respect each other, to be kind to each other, not to hurt and kill each other. And I'm a victor, a, a victim of that. I'm a survivor of that. And I know that those militant Islam ideology, they have no mercy and they don't care about human beings. As I mentioned before, their, their heart are made of stone there is not going to be any peace in the middle east um is there there's just not going to be from your perspective uh, and what you have seen the only way that this ends is if you take out all terrorists and we know that it will always continue to be there but as lizzie was saying as a follow-up to that zz um as israel goes and, and this is just one facet of it in the world as israel goes in and continues their ground offensive um, you're going to see civilian casualties, and then you'll see this image put up in media, um, civilians dead, and of course, it's going to go back on Israel from that standpoint. Um, this is, with your knowledge, do you see this taking the United States into a World War III? Because a lot of people feel as if we're already there now. It is. It is. Uh, this war and all these, like, Hezbollah is getting involved uh, supporting Hamas and Iran is getting involved in this war. And eventually Turkey and other Islamic countries will get involved in this war. It is leading to the, the World War Three. Is there anything as such as a peaceful Muslim? And we appreciate people who want to ask questions. And if you're fine in taking some questions, we'll, we'll do that because this is a question. A lot of times 
um, people, especially Americans, if you don't understand something, it's human nature to be negative about it. Or if you've heard one story or seen one headline, but are there peaceful Muslims? Um, there are peaceful Muslims. I will not put all Muslims in categories because I will separate peaceful Muslims than the militant Muslims, like these terrorist groups, for example, Hezbollah, for example, Hamas. These are the extreme people, and and they have no mercy. They have no. They don't know kindness. But there are peaceful Muslims exist. She might want to talk a little bit about your father, and because um, her family would be the peaceful family and uh, my father's my father and so well my my family is still muslim traditional muslim in afghanistan they still live there they still live there they are peaceful muslim they are pro united states they sacrificed their whole life to help me the united states military in afghanistan my father supported marine and special forces green brain afghanistan fighting finding bin laden there and in in Fab Fenty. I mean, it's it's an incredible story that just it, it continues to get better. Your family still lives there. How have they been left alone, especially after the United States left, and especially after it was well known that there was a bounty put on your family's head? Um, there were a lot of my friends who was trying to help me, but it as I as I mentioned, it is just a tough a tough journey, very difficult, facing a lot of obstacles, risking. Uh, my life, my whole family life, it was not easy. But Kyle Wilkins, who was the one that truly helped me to get me out of Afghanistan with my uh, special SIV, um, he did his best to get my family out of Afghanistan, but it never happened. They they came to the, to, to the airport multiple times, but they got beat up and they went back home. And then after that, I, I got connected with Miss Lurie Drury, that she was trying to help my family get them out, but um, it was not easy. I could speak on that a little bit. Please, yeah, please do. So um, prior to meeting Zizi, I was already working with an organization who was trying to get out at-risk Afghans, mostly um, women's activists, um, children, of course, anybody that was like what we called high-risk from the Taliban. And... Um, I had been calling all of our representatives and senators asking for help to try to move these families out, working in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. on my laptop, and um, had contacted Nick Schroer, who is now our Missouri state senator, and had asked him for help to contact as many people, like Josh Hawley, to see if we could help. At that time, I, we had moved almost 120 uh, people in the middle of the night by taxis, by planes, by any way means necessary into Pakistan into safe houses and had facilitated getting them passports and visas so they could stay in Pakistan, hoping that at some point move them to a safer country. So after he heard about my story and I had reached out to have him help, he asked me if I could in turn help someone that was living in St. Peter's. So I asked her to come over to my house and at that time I will say her English was not that great. <laughs> She has, the, the last three years here in the United States, it's been incredible to watch her journey with just learning our slang. Yeah, that's And, right. um, you know, just the things that we take for granted that we say. So she came over and told us her story, and um, I agreed to help her family. So that journey was very difficult because at that time, Western Union wasn't open. There were no banks open. 
uh, all the embassies are closed. So to try to get any monetary help into that country was very difficult. I was working with an organization, a charity organization out of New Jersey with a pastor who is a uh, Purple Heart recipient from the Vietnam War. And this is his passion is to go into war-torn areas and help people. So we had a way to get money into her sister and um, she had to put her full family's lives in my hands in order to do that because they weren't leaving their, their hiding places. They were staying put or moving from house to house because they were being chased by the Taliban. So we were able to get enough money in and to um, get passports for them and visas. And we had everything ready to go, car waiting to take them into Pakistan. But she didn't feel comfortable with that because Taliban still has a very big hold in Pakistan. Of course. So we, uh, we just moved into a support role and started using money. Uh, you have to understand, she's being very kind about this but her family doesn't have electric they live off rice and beans um we is there a goal is there a plan in place to try to bring them to the united states at some point in time so the immigration system is very difficult it is it's extremely difficult i thought our, you just i didn't know that the southern i didn't know we had an immigration system in the united well, states anymore amen to that but um so her she needs to be a u.s citizen to really be able to have any pool she's got two years left and she will, she's already starting to work on everything she needs to do. And then she can apply. And I, I believe I would love to have anybody that's an immigration specialist try to help her. But at this point, I think the closest person she could get would be her mother. Um, and then I don't think maybe unmarried siblings. Wait a minute. You have to explain this for me again. Today I'm really slow and I'm sorry. Okay. Who has two years left for what? ZZ has two years left to get her citizenship. Oh, my God. I, wow. I, I, that, I know. That's a disgrace. I mean, and I, right. we're not, this is not. Oh, it makes my blood boil. Me so too. she gets her U.S. citizenship, and then what can Zizi do once it, she can apply? To, like I said, it's very difficult. She can apply for family. For family. Yeah. Okay, I got it. She has to become like almost like a host for herself. Yeah. To have the family come. So. Wow. And then we have governors of states. How does that make you feel when you've done everything that you possibly can, can Zizi, and you see people like? Um, Oh, let's go with uh, Pritzker in Illinois. He is the governor of Illinois, and he is opening illegals into his state, offering them jobs, offering them police jobs, and he's not the only governor around this country giving people stipends for money, housing, food. You see it. Well, when I see um, some of the people like that, that makes me sad and make me think of my family which I already think about my family, and I'm con that's my main concern here. Obviously, that hurts mm -hmm. when I sacrifice how much I have accomplished for the U United States government, and my family is still left behind. Yeah, that, that, that has to be very hard to take, because I'm sure if you turn on any news media, you see our border wide open, people just flooding in with, with I'm sure, very bad intentions. And then you and your family has done everything good for the U.S. troops. Yes. And you can't get them over here. No. What would be a total cost of something of that nature? Is there a, an idea yet? That was a question that we had, Lori, which is why I ask. So they do have their passports. And um, they would have to get a visa to a country. And that's the difficult part because there's no, you know, way to get the visas except for the Pakistan, Pakistani visas. So they'd have to go to Pakistan. And then 
they would have to be able to get a visa to the United States. So there is, I know I read something, it's been a little while, about a new program that the government just started, I would say the last six months, um, for hosting families. And I believe it was $2,500 a person to come here. And then you would be responsible for them, which is interesting no. because we give so many other people who come here with nothing all the resources, mm -hmm. pay for their housing, pay for their medical. At everything. the expense of current legal Americans it's as correct. well. And now she's here and, you know, we're dealing with her health insurance, typing, trying mm -hmm. to get that started. And her family can't come here and we can't pay for them to come here. And Zizi, you support yourself with your talks. Is that how you're doing that right now? Um, I support myself with my talks and also I'm a translator with the in bilingual international company. Are you uh, still working with the United States uh, military in any way, special forces, I anything with education? I would love to work with the United States military. I'm really It just seems like it would work yes. very well, especially right now, which yes. is why I was thinking. Uh, um, I would love to work with them, and I have so much respect for the United States military, for all the branches, and I have good experience with every one of them with every single branches um, but i have to get like the top secret security clearance and i have to be a citizen still like to work with them but i would love to work with them i love the job knowing you i'm sure you will be able to do that unfortunately there's two years left before you become a citizen yeah but i i see in your future that is something that's going to happen oh yes yes that's 100%. my biggest dream to to go back and get involved with the government and also with the with the military because i think i can use um my language skills and cultural expertise of the middle east and south central asian countries to benefit the united states government what do you think of politics in the United States? Well, I'm not involved in the politics. I'm just an independent person. and I, That's why I ask, because you see what happens here. I, I do see a lot of what happens. Um, and most of the things that I, I think about of the United States, that's like overseas. Yeah. And, and we've screwed up a lot, haven't we? It happens. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, I know. And that's why I, I mean, I want to love my country, but I also have to be honest about it. And we've screwed up a lot and we're not some amazing country. Okay. We want to believe in, oh, yes, red, white and blue. And we're, but it's well, it's it's just not true. Honestly, like like I just love America and this is a wonderful and the greatest country ever. We need to hear that. That's and I truly um I truly like advise and tell that and share this opinion with every single nation of this country. They they should be appreciative of what they have around themselves. They they have an access to free educations. They have an access to go to school without of like being fear being like having fear to get killed. Uh, they have an access to drive cars around. We didn't have that kind of privileges in <laughs> Afghanistan. That's her favorite thing to they do. Have, drive a car. Drive yes, a car. they have freedom, the most important thing. If mm -hmm. you don't have a freedom in a country, you cannot be a successful person. You cannot achieve and pursue your dreams. So they should be. Did you get your driver's license? Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> my husband taught her how to drive. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and to Vic's point, there's a lot of Americans now that feel like, Vic, that our country is a former shell of itself. I'm still with you. 
There's mm-hmm. nowhere you can go that there is a country better than here. Yeah, nope. there is nowhere, and and we are not as good as we used to be. That's why we have to fight to get it to where it used to be. But in your case, who who lived somewhere else? And I was talking about our current government. With oh, I, what, I, I how just, we look yeah, across, I agree. across seas and Afghanistan, hundred percent, and Ukraine and China. Just we're not what we were just three years ago. That is very true. That uh, is very. She true. is living with us now at the Drury home. And uh, it's every day is a blessing, and uh, you know you never think you in a million years will be in the situation where you have someone from Afghanistan living with you in the middle of St. Peter's. It's yeah. Just you know, I I always say it's a God thing. I I kind of opened myself up to God and said, "Use me, and you better put on your seatbelt because He whispered Afghanistan," and I was like, "Huh? Yeah, huh? What do you mean by that? What do you mean Afghanistan?" And so here we are, three years later. And uh, my husband did teach her how to drive. He said she was his best student. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so awesome. She was so it. excited when she got her license. Just, I mean, you. Oh t- my gosh! Her favorite thing to do would be to drive her car to college, and, dr- and she would drive on days that they weren't going to class because it was such a privilege for her to drive and to be able to go to college. And she would go to the St. Charles Community College and just sit in the parking lot. Yep. And be blessed and thankful oh. for everything that she's wow. been given. Yeah, it wow. gives me chills. Zizi, do you have a website yet, or do you have an I opportunity do. for people to reach out to you so that um, you can speak and or be a resource for people? Of course. I have a website. My website called zamzamasafi.com. Okay, and that's Z-A-M-Z-A-M-A? Yes. Is that right? Yes. S-A-F-I? Yes. Zama. Zam- or zamzamasafi.com. That's Z A M, then Z A M A S A F I. Yes. She's also dot com. Facebook, so. And on Facebook as well, because yeah. uh, I, I, it's a perfect match. Yes. It's mm-hmm. for you to do this mm-hmm. and to help educate people. Oh, of course. I would love to do that because I have seen, I came from a war zone. I grew up. In a war, I'm I'm very well familiar with that kind of situation and the blessings that I have in the United States. Um, I have to ask because it popped in my head, and I was going to ask it earlier when Lizzie asked you a really good question. We have recently been told by our own FBI, by our own Department of Justice in the United States, be aware, keep your head on a swivel, because there could be, quote, terrorist attacks within the United States, literally telling us that Middle Easterners have come through the southern border, uh, people who mean intent, uh, they, they, their intent is harm, they are radical Muslim, and they are coming here to start uh, whatever they can. Who and led so, them to come in? Yeah, our government Who's did. responsible to, <laughs> to, to stop them? So the FBI told you the FBI is responsible to stop like the domestic attack in the United States. So the, the question on the end of that is, can you see that happening here? It could be. Mm-hmm. It's possible. You won't know about it. Uh, that is something that seriously concerns me because there are too many younger, military aged men, single men showing up in the border, coming from other countries, coming from the Middle East into our country. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's the intent here? 
As an immigrant, my advice to all immigrants, when they come and they get all these benefits, they should be appreciative of the United States government. They shouldn't misuse that. That was a good answer. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, to me, it sounds like that she thinks it can happen and that the people that come here may or may not even be appreciative of everything that they get here. Um, anything else you want to let our viewers and or listeners know before we um, let you go? I mean, you've um, been amazing, but I just want to give you a you platform. Thank you very much, but I will end my uh, interview here with a message of never give up, no matter what happened in your life, be determined and always be strong to overcome. Um, everything is possible if we have strong dreams and if we are determined and we have strong goals and we have aims, we can be what we want to be in the future and never give up. Thank hey, you. Thank you so much, uh, ZZ. We appreciate you guys. Lori, thank you for uh, for everything you've done in your family and bringing ZZ in and, and doing everything that you have. So we're, we're grateful for that. Thank you, guys. And um, we'll, we'll, once again, it's ZAM. Zama, that's Z-A-M-Z-A-M-A-S-A-F-I.com. Yes. Zamzamasafi.com. Yes. Uh, for speaking engagements and or anything else. Guys, thank you so much for coming in today, all right? Thank you very much. Let us know if you want to do it again. All right. Well, I've, my brain is spinning. I got ideas. And, of course, when you get a chance, uh, go back and look at the uh, the comment line. A lot of support for you and also questions as well, okay? Okay, of course. Thank all right. you very thank much. You so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is CancelThisShow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks and Projo. It really makes you, uh, at least me, again, appreciate and put things in perspective in regard to what we have in this country, mm-hmm. what it was like, uh, this woman, <laughs> just for trying to learn English, um, um, brutalized, and then, of course, she gets the win in the end, learns English and speaks it so fluently and is now helping uh, so many other people. Well, and there's people right here in America that have to help these people. Lori that was standing there is very, very modest, but she herself is a nurse, so she gives all the time. Her husband is a retired police officer. Her son is a police officer in St. Peter's. So we need families like Lori that is just selfless, even in their everyday occupation. And it is interesting. Hey, Projo, when you get a chance, because somebody else brought this up and we have video of it from the airport over the weekend. I mean, you're talking about there's so much hate uh, for for Jews, and obviously Zizi wasn't here speaking from a Jewish perspective, but she right. was speaking from a perspective of hate all around yes. and hate coming from uh, radicalized Muslims. And I mean, we literally had a situation over the weekend where you had a, a, a province and area of Russia. They literally took over the airport because they heard a flight of Jews was arriving. They were looking to find them, to kill them. And this is what's going on around the world. You think it's 2023. Oh, we're a civilized world or we can have some civilization somewhere. I mean, this is video of it. You can just play it, Joe, as we talk over it. You see what's happening. I mean, literally, all these men breaking into the airport, look, going right. Security couldn't do anything. This is what's happening around the world this in russia that's scary i mean look at that mm-hmm. that blo- that's that's a massive mob on steroids that you would not want to be around can you imagine no. what would happen if they found jews in that airport the anger the craziness mm-hmm. and projo also when we get a chance to pop up the uh the rally from london on friday um this is from russia 
we talked about the hate worldwide also in the united states with the rallies that we've shown in in los angeles in chicago uh in detroit of course there was a small rally in st louis these things are happening how about london and we've been told that london has completely changed mm -hmm. that it is it, it's like a muslim country now and when we show you the video of that it'll blow your freaking mind this is what's happening the streets packed in full mm -hmm. and these aren't people just pro-palestine this is a, a, a rally of end the jews that's what this is right here as we show it to you look at the streets that's london that is an anti-israel rally that is so scary in the streets of freaking london yes if London. that doesn't put things in perspective, I don't know what would or what does. Yeah. Terry says, hmm, why doesn't it sound like the Russian language uh, from the video that we were isn't, just isn't showing? Isn't that interesting? It isn't. I We talked about it a little bit last week. My son was in Paris, and he came home early. As I figured that he would, he said, what you visualize is Paris is not what you see when you get there. He even went to a Michelin restaurant, and he said he paid so much money for such disappointment. They came home two days early and wanted to kiss the ground of America. And. When you look at some of the, and Projo, this is the last video I need before we bring uh, Gabe in. Um, can you pop up that picture of the net worth? If you don't think these terror cells aren't funded from an international standpoint, as well as anybody, think again. I mean, just to give you a perspective of what people are worth. Obviously, you can look at our list. For our listeners who can't see the graphic, Taylor Swift, $1.1 billion. Oprah Winfrey, $2.7 billion. Donald Trump, uh, 2 to $3 billion, despite all of those gag order uh, fines he's getting from that ultra-liberal judge in New York. And then you look at the, uh, the next three on that list. Those are all leaders of Hamas. $3.5 billion, $3 billion, $4 to $5 billion. They all have more than Taylor Oprah and Donald. And you know where that money is going for the causes 100%. that they are getting so badly. Yeah. I mean, Greg says, can anyone give a straight answer why the Jewish community is hated so badly? Christianity, Judaism, and Muslim are all children of the Abrianic faiths. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Angie says, we were told to stay away from London over the weekend. Uh, London is the same way coming from Aaron looks like Gaza now. And of course, Terry says, uh, those are some of the situations that are going on. But hey, they're over the weekend. We try to cover it and show you the things that are actually happening, breaking it down, not just surface level, but diving into topics to have educated decisions where all are welcome here, where we talk about the issues to try to educate everybody. Interesting. Glenn says, where's Soros on the list? Yeah, I didn't see him on the list I didn't either. See him either. Uh, and Eric says it's time to go after the snakeheads. Um, yeah, it just all of these things happening over and over and over again. Uh, this is cancel this canceltheshow.com. I'm Vic Faust with Lizzie Sparks, Projo in the house as well. Uh, this is the October 30 livecast, the podcast. You know what we do Monday through Friday, eight to ten a.m. Central, and all the time on our website canceltheshow.com. News, news headlines, politics. Uh, cancel culture education Fridays. We have fun. You can also check out our website, canceltheshow.com, uh, for all of our original content, plus all of the viewing platforms, the listening platforms. And of course, you can also check out our website, 
uh, where we have our merchandise as well. Um, you can get on there hats, shirts, cups, glasses, you name it. Uh, also got our Cancel This Coffee, which you can jump in as well. We're always looking for you to join this live cast as well. Your opinions, your thoughts, your ideas, that's what makes it a little different, a little special, is that we invite you in. Even though 98% of the views and listens that we get happen when we're not live, mm-hmm. The 3% or whatever we get, you guys make the show. And there's still a lot of you throughout all of the platforms jumping in and giving us your opinion. We try to entertain. We try to inform. And, of course, you guys do it with us as well as we like to talk about as well. And we also try to bring in guests that we have as well and and get you a perspective of some of the things that are going on in the world right now. Um, We have fun, but we also get serious on some of those issues that also happen. Before... Um, we get to our, our next guest because we're getting him set up. Projo, I had one other question for you. Can we run one more video before we get to Gabe? Sure. And just, I wanted to, to finish up what's happening over the weekend when it comes to the whole situation. And it's like a two and a half minute interview with a Canadian reporter where they did an investigation. You're so damn good, Joe. Yeah, he is. You're so fast. Yeah, he hey, is. You know. <laughs> That's why they, Joe is awesome. That's why they call him Pro Joe. Mm-hmm. By the way, he was supposed to be Joe Pro in the beginning, and I I backed it no, the it wrong way. It was me. It was me. Oh, okay. People normally call me Joe Pro, but here I'm producer Joe. Okay. I wanted to play this before we get to Gabe, just to give a perspective of a Canadian reporter who's been covering the Middle East and what she has seen regarding Hamas and Israel. We've been on the ground here in Israel for the past several days, and I've seen a lot. And frankly, this has been one big myth-busting trip. I came here with an open mind, and I thought, I'm open to see anything, to hear from everyone. We've heard a lot of different opinions, do not get me wrong. We've talked to Palestinians, we've talked to pollsters, we've talked to Israeli members of the Knesset, we've talked to journalists, we've talked to people from the right, left, pro-Palestinian, pro-Israel, two-state solution, one-state solution, hell, there is no solution. Let me tell you some of the things that we found out while we were here. The security wall, it's not a wall. It's a giant fence. Only about 5% of it is a wall. We found that Palestinians can actually freely come into Israel so long as they're not carrying any pipe bombs or explosive vests. They have to go through the sort of security that's akin to essentially going through an airport. You know who can't go the other way? Yeah, it's actually the Jews. It's actually Israelis. They can't go into Zone A. They can't go into the Palestinian, uh, one part of the West Bank. That's according to to essentially self-prohibition, but also because they know that if they go in there, there's a very good chance they will die. I'm a Christian. I really would have liked to see Bethlehem while I was here, you know, where my Lord and Savior was born. Can't. There's a giant minaret there right now. And actually, there are, there are posters all over the place of suicide bombers who are essentially exalted uh, by the populace around now Muslim-controlled Palestinian Bethlehem. Um, I, I should mention, by the way, that, that also behind me is an Israeli military hospital where they treat just Israelis. No, they actually treat a lot of Syrians there. Uh, Syrian women who from ages 8 to 80 have been brutally raped by ISIS. I came here believing in the two-state solution. I really did. I am at a point now where I frankly do not. I believe in a one-state solution. I believe that the only way that this little sliver, a sliver of land that could fit into one of the smallest states, New Jersey, the only way that this little piece of sand, these rocks, will remain free is if Israelis are in control of it. Because I'm worried that if you allow any portion of the West Bank or otherwise to become under pa- Palestinian PLO, essentially terrorist or let alone Hamas control, it's going to look like that. 
You know, we've okay, been on the ground. That is one perspective from people who are covering the war and being over there. Obviously, as we've talked about on this show, whether people want to get into conspiracy theories or not, you have to be careful about certain people trying to play war because we know there are people in this country and this world who do want war. And they will play Israelis against Palestinians who are peaceful and get the outcome that they want. But just one other perspective that we had from that standpoint. Uh, once again, this is cancel this cancel the show.com. We're grateful for you guys joining us every day. Special thanks to complete auto body and repair for being a show sponsor, uh, seven locations throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area, climate controlled. If you're looking for a job and a technician, and if you're looking for sales, if you're looking to work in the towing industry, they have over 60 jobs still available right now. You can contact Sandy Travis and let them know that you heard about it on cancel this show.com. Also special thanks to experience realty partners, Kathy Helbig Strick, Steve Strick, um, as this whole industry is up in arms when it comes to real estate, you don't want to do it by yourself. You need experience, and that's what Kathy and her team brings. You can give them a call at 314-276-SOLD, 314-276-SOLD. When you do call, let them know that you heard about them and watch them here on Wednesdays with canceltheshow.com. They're not going to try to lock you in. It's like, listen, if you need some advice, we're here for you. We want you to know that we do know more than anybody else. And right now, there are some trying times. And of course, that trial continues, arguably the most important trial ever in the history of real estate going on in Kansas City right now. And of course, on Wednesday, Kathy and Steve will be here to give us an update on what's happening when it comes to fees and when it comes to selling and just how it's going to affect people all over the board. And of course, Route 66, as we have Ham, the owner. Hamid Amra, who comes in every Wednesday to talk about the Weed Wednesday segments when it comes to Route 66, the different products that Ostera offers, and how you can be helped with certain issues using marijuana instead of using pharmaceuticals. Again, Route 66, um, we're grateful for their support as well. We'll be talking with Ham come Wednesday. Uh, switching gears a little bit now, grateful to have attorney uh, Gabe Crocker in studio with us today. Uh, Gabe, you bring a, a very inter interesting perspective because um, you're a former cop, you're a former detective, you've been involved in some of the most serious cases you could imagine, and then you went back to school and became a criminal defense attorney, and you offer so many different opportunities as a lawyer. just wanted you to introduce yourself and tell us and our listeners and our viewers uh, a little about who you are, what you do now, and then we'll talk about your experience because it is certainly a different one. And it seems like it's leading to a ton of success in what you're doing in the courtroom. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've had a, a lot of really, really good results for my clients. And I and I thank you both for having me on the show, Vic, for reaching out. And I know we've talked about this for a while coming in. Uh, you know, As you said, I, I started my 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 first grown-up job was as a police officer back in 2002 and it was actually the september 11th attacks that kept me here i was looking at uh spreading my wings a little bit beyond st louis and was in the process uh with the los angeles police as well as the las vegas police department then september 11th happened and uh once i graduated from college uh i started uh, a job with the St. Louis County Police Department, and I worked there for 17 years, 17 really, really good years uh, with a lot of really wonderful people. And so what happened is, uh, you, you know, I was a, a union president, and uh, certainly there are some folks that, you know, 
appreciated the work that I did in that role. And then there are certainly uh, individuals generally, I would say, <laughs> of more of the management <laughs> side of things that weren't always really happy with me. I'm really honored to say, though, as a side note to that, that uh, some of the biggest and some of the the most common referrals, Vic, are are from commanders that I dealt with when I was uh, the president of the police union. That's great. You know, it's an interesting. Uh, it, well, it's a fact. I mean, they they send me quite a bit of business, and I and I really, you know, I'm honored by that. So. We made it through Ferguson. I don't mean to gloss over that, but I mean, that's just a rabbit hole conversation in and of itself. And I did a lot of media during that time. And then I also kind of saw the writing on the wall that maybe I'm not going to, you know, climb out of the position that I was in at, at, at the police department or, 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 or gain rank. Uh, so I decided to go to law school. And then I've applied that, those skills and the things that I've learned in law school and all, and then throughout my career to do a lot of criminal defense. I also do personal injury, the stand, you know, car accidents, things like that. Workers compensation. I represent, I think in the neighborhood of it's gotta be, I would say, cause cases do come in and cases close, but I mean, probably 60 to 70 injured police officers and first responders throughout St. Louis. So a huge portion of my practice is still dedicated to, to first responders. But as you pointed out, one of the weird things is, is that I used to be a police officer. I used to arrest people and 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 certainly follow their cases through the the criminal justice system to where you know a point where in many cases, some of the folks that I was arresting when I was when I was on the FBI task force and worked in our detective bureau are are still in prison and they will be in prison uh, for for quite some time and I'm really proud of that. But at the same time, I I'm absolutely very very proud of the work that I do as a criminal defense attorney. And I, I never, I've never had an issue where police officers expressed some type of disdain or they go, well, how could, how in the world could you possibly do that? It's important to remember that our criminal justice system is far from perfect, mm-hmm. but it is certainly one of the best that, you know, it's the best that we have. Right. And it's one of the better uh, criminal justice systems in the entire world. So I'm honored to represent people who are oftentimes forced into that system. And a lot of times, you know, often people don't understand that when you are accused of a crime, just how overwhelming that can be when you're accused of doing something wrong, whether or not it's a crime or not. The name of this show, of course, cancel this. I mean, you know, that I have represented some other folks in in media i've represented uh very high-end clients doctors and and things of that nature where i'm solving problems for them and you and i both know other attorneys that are around there are there's certainly no shortage of of some of the best attorneys in the midwest that are Mm -hmm. focused here in st louis you've done stories on them in the past i'm honored to kind of fall follow in in their footsteps but at the same time kind of chart my own course in that i'm you know, I'm not afraid to come on and talk about some things. I'm not afraid to talk about cases uh, as long as I'm doing it within, you know, the rules. So I'm now uh, putting together the fifth anniversary of the Crocker Law Firm and putting a little, you know, a little get together. I'll certainly have some invites out to you to you guys. And here I am. I'm still talking about uh, the stuff that I did as a, a police officer. Uh, I'm talking about the stuff and the stuff that I do as an, an attorney. So I'm Gabe Crocker with us today, attorney Gabe Crocker. Do you miss police work? You know, it. I miss parts of it. 
I do because there's a lot of good that goes on there. I'm very proud of the work that I did and the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Many of them still, you know, work. Many of them still work there at that police department, and I'm I'm friends with many of them. They send me a lot of clients, uh, but I don't miss what it has become, mm. if that makes sense. Because you know, I, I've seen a lot of, and I I teach courses at a, at a university and have for 17 years in criminal behavior and policing and um, you know this semester I'm teaching a course in criminal law and so I I'm not only in touch with with students but I'm in touch with practitioners of of police work as well so I, I really do have I think what is a, a really really interesting viewpoint as it pertains to how I look at the law and how I represent my clients I love the fact that you come on and you answer direct questions mm-hmm. and you're not somebody <laughs> that's no, going not to really. Say, I mean, but if you're a criminal defense attorney, one of the first things people do is, oh, how can you represent somebody if you feel, yeah. if you know or and or feel that they're guilty? Well, it's a, it's especially a, being a former cop. Well, I, I think it's I think it is one of the easiest questions for a defense attorney to answer. OK. And that is that. <laughs> I really do believe this. It's the United States Constitution. Okay. It's a pretty powerful document. And when you're representing somebody who is facing maybe public scrutiny, uh, private scrutiny, uh, legal scrutiny, uh, you know, perhaps facing, uh, you know, 20 years in prison. These are game-changing situations that people are in, and I'm honored because a lot of the criminal defense work that I do is actually representing police officers, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it, you know, if you're a police officer and you shoot somebody in the line of duty, and let's just put a crystal ball out there and say that it's a justified shooting, there are no, you know, there would be no issues or concerns no political ideologies interfering it's on video this is a great you know officer involved this was a perfect use of force it just happened to be deadly force that police officer still needs somebody to represent them and so oftentimes where where i find myself you know in various points of the day is you know trying to put a suit on and you know fix my hair and and uh talk on the phone to somebody who's just been involved in an officer involved shooting and then driving to their location so i mean I, you know this year i've been everywhere from cape to columbia uh and around st louis representing police officers involved in critical incidents well since you know the police force so well being a former cop and representing them what do you think's the biggest challenge facing law enforcement oh, these boy. days i mean because you know you yeah. I mean, we talk about things and well, we are definitely a pro blue show here sure. when it comes to our police Absolutely. when it comes to our military and it frustrates us but you're living that situation every day well i want to say that i'm not you know i used to 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 be the president of a police union i'm i'm uh, still a member but i don't represent them in that that context anymore but I, I could say individually, certainly the violence against police officers is a problem. I think if I'm, and I always want to be careful on shows like this because I have really long answers, so I try to shorten things up. I am not the, the, the only person who can say, here's what the problem is in law enforcement. But if I'm applying or looking at it through, the, through my lens, one of the issues that I see is the recruiting recruiting is a major problem in in law enforcement 
throughout the United States. And unfortunately, this is because of some of the things that have happened in a post-George Floyd, uh, uh, post-Ferguson world. There are It is okay, and we should, as law enforcement officers, should not hesitate so much to say, hey, there are some things that we can do better. But what I can tell you is uh, that the government, the elected officials, really pushed so hard into law enforcement reform that I think it's it's created a situation where you have the public who are not very heavily supportive of law enforcement officers. And then what we're having is a recruiting problem, right? And you have this recruiting problem, and it's been explained by some chiefs that, you know, we're not lowering our standards. We're, um, we're broadening our horizons. And I couldn't disagree any more with that statement. I did not encounter a lot of corruption. I saw some things that were wrong. I was called into internal affairs. I've been accused of things. But where, where I have it, where I take issue is in trying to professionalize law enforcement by adding body cameras, by changing certain laws, by removing something that a lot of folks don't give consideration to. And that is uh, something called discretion. When you remove discretion from a law enforcement officer's hands, you're removing a really, really useful tool. So you're saying, now when you show up at the scene, so I'll give you an example. Listen, I can, I can say anything I want because I didn't do anything wrong, but I, there is more than one way to skin a cat, right? And that, isn't that the saying? Yeah, that's the same. So I just said, you know, I, I remember pulling over somebody who may have been a borderline DWI case, mm-hmm. but I was able to solve that problem through another means. Maybe they were close to home, you know, and, and again, we can talk about letting people go and we can get real heavy. And I'm talking about the topic here is when you eliminate the ability for police officers to use discretion. It really, it it does not do that profession any good because you start to force people into the criminal justice system who otherwise, in many cases, wouldn't have been, excepting for the body camera that's recording something or uh, the the in car camera video that's and no police officer wants to make a decision that's going to come back and result in them being terminated because the person that they let go ends up being connected or ends up knowing the friend of a friend of a friend, you know, that is a uh, real problematic. So I think recruiting is a huge issue. I think lowering the standards to allow people, uh, certain types of people with certain types of backgrounds, right? I mean, that, that we've got to, we've got to remove those people from these processes. What I'm being told, and I could say easily, three or four of the largest police departments in the state of Missouri who I've had conversations with people in and around recruiting or, you know, uh, people in management levels saying that it's frightening. Some of the folks that are getting hired, I don't want people to get mad at me. And because I'm saying that sometimes we're not hiring the best, but in that post George Floyd world in the, in the, the, with the changes in law enforcement, we need to be increasing police officer pay we need to be increasing police officer benefits i've been a staunch advocate for that and one of the things that we really really need to do in law enforcement is mm, you know this is this is going to get me in trouble but we have <laughs> then go to, for it we have to stop over serving the public <clears throat> we are asking constantly in law enforcement for money 
for you know various things and fundraisers and injured police officers and all that and that is great but at the same time we're forced by local representatives and and politicians to engage in some levels of enforcement which don't do us any favors with the same people who we're asking to support us does that make sense i i I mean i think when you over police and you over and we've had some problems with municipal police departments you know about how much money some of these courts make i I can tell you that i that is still in some cases going on Mm -hmm. and i would like to see that kind of stuff stop because i think when you have police officers who are solely focused on uh expired temp tags uh, by the way a problem that the state of missouri created not the people who are being cited it really did. Uh, I, I mean, they're they're talking now about you go out and enforce all these temp tags. I represented somebody in your in your industry uh, who came to me with a couple of tickets, and it was because they couldn't get a temp tag for their vehicle. When you know, so are we enforcing that, and we're writing more? We're not providing people. You know, they're paying their taxes, they're doing this, they're doing that, but we don't have a plate to give them. Then we enforce that, and I'm just saying that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of really pushing police officers. I think we should be, you know, hiring more quality at a higher rate of pay and providing less of just, again, I'm so sorry to say this the way I have to say it, but we need to decrease some of the overhead that we're putting on to the brave men and women who are serving in law enforcement. Fair enough. Because a lot of that came out of the early 90s. This is really heady, but a lot of this came out of the 90s when there were law enforcement grants available. So in order for a lot of these agencies to get those grants, they had to beef up their numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, what else can we ask police officers to do? Oh, I know there's a water main break. Well, can't the water company go out there? No, no, no. We're going to send a policeman too. Oh, there might be a, a power line down somewhere. Okay, I get it. Have a police officer check. But can't the electric company do that? Right? So we continue to pile on you know, more and more tasks and then ask the police officers, why is it that while you were working overnight – some cars were broken in into into in your area and i'm thinking well because you sent them around on a bunch of busy work all mm-hmm. night that's instead of letting exactly them right. do their job so that's just one opi- just have one opinion uh but you know i think that it's fair and i think that if we were to think headier about law enforcement issues and not so just you know it's one side or the other it's enforcement or not it's you know anti-law enforcement anti was militarized weapons and all of these things that police officers need to stay safe i think that rhetoric is dangerous and it's silly but we haven't really solved a lot of the problems in law enforcement when before when we had an officer involved shooting there would oftentimes be controversies about whether or not that officer's conduct or that officer's actions were acceptable or legal or justified at the same time, we, you know, are really just kicking the can down the road because now you have police officers who are involved in shootings with body cameras on and suspect pointing guns at them. And they're still, you know, getting fired and still, and, facing, and still facing criminal yeah. charges. Yeah. And now they're just recording themselves engaged in these life and death situations, which require split second thinking, split second thinking with with lifelong you know lasting repercussions so gabe when a police officer gets accused of something and say Mm -hmm. you defend them one of our listeners asked who pays for that is does the officer themselves have to pay for that or does the city pay for that it's combination uh or it can be any combination of a couple of different things one is generally we have a very very strong 
presence in the St. Louis region of the Fraternal Order of Police, the FOP. It's a great organization, and I do legal work for them. There are legal plans affiliated with law enforcement groups. There are other independent legal plans that some police officers can subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in some cases, uh, law enforcement agencies have hired me. I've represented uh, police officers who were involved in a really, really I mean, it just bone chilling. That's the thing. Some of these officer involved shootings, you you really, you never are able to capture in local news or news reports what actually, you know, happened and what those individuals are going through. And uh, having a grown man or a grown woman tear up in front of you or struggle or shake because they've just taken somebody's life is Mm -hmm. one of the most serious things. And then on top of it, they might face criminal charges or the civil lawsuit. Or they might face the Missouri Police Officers and Standards and Trainings Commission going after their license. So they can be sued. They can be investigated internally. They can be investigated criminally at the state level, at a local level, at the federal level. It is an absolute tidal wave of litigation against police officers for making split-second decisions. And it's an honor for me to represent the officers that I do. And I'm honored to work amongst a lot of other lawyers in the St. Louis area who, who, who really do focus a lot of their attention on representing first responders. We're talking with criminal defense attorney Gabe Crocker. Um, you're located in the Clayton, Missouri area. There's a new texting and driving law out. Uh-huh. Could you break that down for our viewers <laughs> and listeners? I'm, okay, so, okay, hey, straight answer here. I'm not going to break that down, but I'm going to tell you I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know about safety, and I understand all of the background of that law. Okay, I understand it and I appreciate it. And I know that there are good things. And yes, texting is dangerous. There are a lot of other things that are dangerous. And I'm just it gets to a point where I do get concerned at times about how much we're enforcing or how much we're over enforcing. And then oftentimes the only people that are paying the fines, like, you know, red light cameras, we're trying to go back to red light cameras, like Mm -hmm. stepping back into the past. You know, the Constitution says you have a right to confront your accuser, and I don't know how you confront a, you know. A red light? A, a Dell, you know, a computer <laughs> that, that, that took your, you know, allegedly took your photo. I'm not a fan of those things because they're, they're, they're really just designed for money. And the only people that pay are generally the people that are following the law and have their vehicle you know, properly I'll, registered just, to begin with. I've got to interrupt with, you so. here. This is, I'm going to tell you, this drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, we love police. We just talked about know. this. One thing that drives me crazy is on Sunday mornings when I'm going to mass and I'm with my kids, mm-hmm. every Sunday morning, no matter where I am throughout the St. Louis metro area, there are police on the roads and they are clocking right. on Sunday freaking mornings. Yeah. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen this or if anybody's ever brought this up to you, but I've talked with people in my life and they've witnessed it with me. Yeah. And they're like, yep, Sunday morning. To me, I'm like, and I saw one yesterday somebody was hiding on a Sunday morning <laughs> as I'm, as we're driving to church. Yeah. And I'm like, getting the church people, yeah. giving a ticket I, I don't to know. The church am, am I off base for saying this? No, you're not. But I don't think the police officers are off base for being out there because they're the ones that are getting the pressure usually from the top down. Correct. And if it's, if it's, you know, sitting in a neighborhood at a stop sign, I've, uh, why is it on a Sunday morning when but, the only people that are out are people going to church? Uh, well, because that's when the, the people are complaining. You know, I mean, we kind of tattletale 
kind of tattletale okay, our way maybe, right into maybe. A, uh, maybe a little more enforcement. And that's, uh, listen, if somebody's driving dangerously and a police officer observes them, they go up, they go, hey, can I have your license and insurance card? And, and the person's, you know, very, at, you know, upset or whatever. And they're going, listen, I was on my phone and I was da 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 Then I say, you know what? Write that person a ticket. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they you observed them, then, it, you know. But if we're just driving around, creeping you know, around people and waiting for them to hold their phone, you know, and then it's a $500 ticket. I mean, you know, I, I, I just don't know that that's doing us any good as if there's no public safety component to it. If it's just, again, I'm not stepping on anybody. Please create laws, work with legislators. But remember, when it comes to representing police officers, it's not the most uh, po- it's not the most popular profession. Yeah, no. I and then it. when we have to go out and then, you know, constantly uh, prove our self worth as a police officer by the number of tickets that we write, that's oftentimes not the patrol officer. That's not the young patrol officer's fault. That's their supervisor's fault. That's the chief's fault. That's the mayor's fault for pushing productivity as the only way of of determining a police officer's true effectiveness if somebody writes 10 tickets a day i will tell you that widely throughout law enforcement they would be considered a much better proactive police officer by their command staff for writing 10 tickets a day than having 10 good citizen contacts a day damn wow Right? Wow! Yeah, I love police. I, yeah. I do too. My no, this isn't. This nothing bad. here is anti-law enforcement. Yes. Having conversation and having dialogue, and I, I, I know one of the things I mentioned. It just came up briefly with one of your sponsors. You know, uh, I'm having one hell of a time. Wait, can I cuss on the? I can. We have no regulation. Right. Well, yeah. that is Cut, Cuss wonderful. away. Cuss oh, away. If it feels oh, right. Oh, the hell you it. say. <laughs> See, I've got a real Let potty mouth. Uh, no, I, I, I think that police and, and government are so far behind sometimes in things, and it's the law enforcement quaking to go to move forward to do things better to do things quicker but oftentimes they're not allowed to do that because of the our governmental structure so uh i'm just saying that uh well i forgot what i was what was the question that you asked vic um we were talking about the the situation regarding um well first of all police sitting on sunday morning oh yeah (laughs) well i'm just saying that when we when we're doing those kind of things oftentimes that's not just because a police officer's doing it, it's because they're being told to do it and i just think there's a better more efficient way of of utilizing our police officers uh, yeah. and not just to stoke numbers numbers that justify budgets i think it's time to take a real good look at i would rather have you know 100 police officers making a hundred thousand dollars a year than i would have 60 police officers making forty thousand a year yeah right uh, that totally I mean, makes sense yeah, yeah. that does make sense hey, and doing some research for you uh i you have to get into this if you can really yeah. quick just some of the cases and things that you do um you just had a massive case in iron county sure which could be a Hollywood script. And is that finalized? <laughs> no, that's still ongoing. Uh, the uh, It's been well-publicized yeah, as well. Yeah, sure, sure. In, in and, I've ta- and I've talked about it a little bit in the media. And I'll only talk about it briefly here today and say that, uh, you know, it's a very complicated case. Uh, Tony Messenger from the Post-Dispatch has done some, honestly, some very impressive journalistic 
like actual investigative journalism wow, that's great. into three million missing dollars mm -hmm. that my client was looking into uh, in Iron County and then subsequently was charged with some crimes in, in Washington County. So I'm under, uh, there's a uh, pending uh, request by the state to uh, issue a gag order against me for talking about that case. So I'm not saying anything here today beyond that, but I do recall, and I'm not, and I'm not just trying to change the subject, but I remembered what I was going to talk about a second ago. One of your sponsors, I am having just one hell of a time representing first responders uh, who have in one way, shape or form. And yes, this is the defense attorney side of me coming out who have had THC uh, or the active chemical compound in marijuana yeah in their system and uh you know i you couldn't you used to not even be able to get hired uh on a police department if you had tried marijuana within five or ten years and now we're hiring people that use it regularly that i surprisingly i'm kind of okay with right what i'm not okay with is the expansive availability of this completely legal recreational and medically legal product and, you know, a police officer is can be prescribed, uh, you know, 30, 60, 90 Percocets, yeah. and it's just not an issue. Not a, Take them, enjoy them, hope your back feels better. Uh, but if your wife gives you a little tincture of CBD oil and it, you know, was made probably in China or overseas and somewhere a barcode got displaced and the wrong 55 gallon drum got dumped into the wrong CBD. Mm. What are we doing with those people? What do you think? Yeah, exactly. What do you yeah. think? Throwing them around. Yep. Firing them. Yep. Fire, you yep. fi you fire them. Go. Meanwhile, I'm saying, isn't it possible that we could explore the problems that we're having with post-traumatic stress disorder and, and higher suicide rates in police officers and at least consider the option that maybe this is something that police officers should have access to rather than firing them? They can self-medicate with alcohol. They can self-medicate with rubbing alcohol. They can self-medicate by overdosing on ibuprofen or anything that's available over-the-counter in any store anywhere at any time we have to put some trust in some of the police officers out there and i think one of those areas that we're really missing an opportunity is in that mental health i'm not just advocating for drug use i'm advocating the fact that again you can have a police officer prescribed literally what is legalized heroin i mean if, mm -hmm. i mean let's not talk around it this this stuff has killed tens of thousands of people and it's completely fine for police officers to have that stuff but if they, if they were to take a, a small tincture of something in avoidance of taking really aggressive opiates, mm -hmm. they'll be fired for that. See, so those are just those little things that you run into when you're representing police officers. Here's what I don't understand is uh, THC stays in your system for 30 days. Right. No matter if you're, I mean, you could smoke it and then 30 days later it still shows up in your system and you are far beyond, you know, you're not even like close to being high right. anymore. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, even if a police officer were to take it early in the month or whatever and then right. get a drug test later on in the month, how, how do they justify? They don't justify it. They stomp their foot and they say you're fired. And it's because that's the way our policy is. Yeah, and that's our totally policy bullshit. Is, is you're fired. That's the policy. And then somebody like me walks in and goes, okay, well, <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Let's talk about this. All right. Can we just have a dialogue? You know, how much was in the system? Was it that they were, I mean, 
guys, listen, any police officer today can chug a fifth of Jack Daniels before they walk into the door. Okay. I mean, you know, and because you know we're permitting access to something doesn't mean that we should allow the abuse of it. Exactly. Okay. I mean, there are police officers all the time who come in and fortunately, for whatever reason, they may have alcohol in their system. If it's suspected, there are rules and procedures in place and testing procedures in place that give that officer some due process, which is certainly a great thing. And then if it turns out that, you know, they were intoxicated, maybe there's a rehab route. We don't have to immediately fire, punish, charge, and, criminal, and, and criminalize every single little offense that a police officer commits. We have to, I mean, or, or we're going to completely snuff out that profession. Uh, you've given us a ton of examples today, and I know you're having a lot of success, and being a former cop gives oh, you yeah. such a yeah. great perspective of life, of being somebody who was in investigations, sure. of uh, of arresting people, mm-hmm. people who are still behind bars, as you told us. Uh, clearly, you're a criminal defense attorney, but in looking at your resume, that's not all you do. We wanted to make sure we gave you an opportunity oh, sure. to let everybody know how you can help them, what areas of law you're focused sure. on. Sure. Well, you know, listen, thank you. I uh, And I, you kind of asked me that a minute ago, but I get so, I get so passionate about mm-hmm. the law enforcement stuff, and I do have a significant number of of a significant percentage of my law firm is is representing first responders but it's certainly not the only folks that i that i represent and so i have uh, a lot of personal injury cases these are folks that are injured in in auto accidents by someone else's negligence i handle a lot of workers compensation cases not just for first responders but they are a significant part of my business uh and then Again, I handle the some employment stuff for first responders, uh, you know, termination appeals, uh, you know, representing individuals who I recently represented a real estate agent uh, in a claim, uh, an ethics violation claim. Mm. And, it, you know, and so, you know, here I am printing up this extensive manual you know like 400 pages and i can just hear the cha-ching 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 as it's just rolling (laughs) off the printer i'm like i'm gonna have not only that but i'm gonna have to read this thing and figure out how to represent them and of course you know it it was a a matter of weeks and i had that dismissed right so i I, i'm happy to jump on things i'm happy to take on additional challenges it's just important that everyone understand it's there's that, that you don't have to always pay you know you know a hundred thousand dollars every time that you're accused of committing a crime okay there are really really good defense attorneys out there and uh, really great attorneys throughout st louis and i have a lot of them that are my friends i'm also you know right now i'm representing the family of um and this is pro bono work uh, i'm representing the family of a of a young man who um was found dead in the attic of a home in rural missouri uh, and, uh, the young man's name is Durante Martin and it's a cold case, uh, but it has a lot of interest. And so, you know, uh, it was ruled a suicide. And then just a few weeks later, uh, through some incredible work by the family, there was, they had a, um, coroner's inquest and then it was determined that it was a homicide. Wow. And so, oh, so I'm representing that family, uh, and helping them where I can. So, I mean, I've got a lot of neat things, but the, 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 certainly the, the Iron County case is the one that seems to be grabbing the most headlines mm-hmm. and probably the one that I get asked the most questions about. 
and including who's going to play me in the movie. And I decided I, I've already I've <laughs> yeah, got I've got it figured it? out. Well, it's not you, Vic, but yeah, you know, exactly. I don't even want to say it's embarrassing. I'm going to say Ray Liotta. No, oh, he's dead. No, oh, yeah, he? he's yeah, he died. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just hey, found that. I out. feel a lot better about myself now that you know the dead guy's going to play me in the movie. Did somebody say? Did somebody give you an idea? <laughs> oh well, you know I have one friend that says that you know, you should have Ru- Russell Crowe. I go, I think he's a little too old. And then I I picked the the you know the hot it boy Timothy Chalamet. Okay, I said I, can see I both think Timothy I, I Chalamet both for me. I yeah. mean because I wanted to be uh, really representative of my height and weight. And my good looks. Well, there you go. Then that's who you should have for sure. Right, for Glenn, sure. Glenn says, "I think my CCW instructor gave out Gabe's name in case I was ever involved in shooting." <laughs> Probably, and I've been involved in some of those. I mean, if there are people out there that run into issues, you know, I've talked about over policing. I mean, here's and, and again in the non-critical way. I mean, I'm talking about. You have to understand when you're a police officer and you get called to the scene of something. If you make a decision that that caller that that reporting party if you make a decision that they don't like take a look at the name of your show and let and and then i'll tell you what what's going to happen to that police officer mm-hmm. you showed up you used discretion you determined there was no you know significant violation or there was no way to move forward with this investigation shame on by you. the way you're fired or you're suspended uh I, I i did not take a case but i was consulted on a case a couple years ago where a woman complained because she heard a man in the next row over at a grocery store talking to somebody on the phone and did not like what he was talking about and called the police on him and that guy got a summons for peace disturbance oh my god that's 100 percent true <laughs> that is 100 100 wow. percent true lizzie's neighbors and are calling police on her because of her dog and i yeah. don't and i don't think for a second that that police officer probably wanted to do it but it's in it's mm-hmm. easier you see, it's easier for the police officer to go, you know what, I'm going to just write this summons and hope that somebody else takes care of it. Because if they walk in and they go, you know what, no, ma'am or sir, I'm not doing that. There is no crime. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we, ha- we we still have First Amendment protections in this country, right? So no, I'm not. Well, yeah, right. But I I'm saying that I don't think that I think that's a that's a crumbling in the foundation right there when we're going. He talked about what a firearm. Oh wow! Hey, by the way, Alec Baldwin. You're getting a lot of Alec Baldwin. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> well yeah. I'm above. I think I'm a better shot than he is. I can yeah. assure oh, you that. Yeah. Oh, that was a butt bump. What? Yeah. yeah. I just. That's, what did yeah. I say? No. No. You, you were right on it. You were right on it. Yeah. You know, are you seeing more? You called them tattletales earlier. Yeah. Some people called them Karens. I try not to call them Karens anymore right. because Karens are great. Are you seeing more tattletales? Lately? Yes. Oh, what's up oh, with that? What's up just, with the tattletales? Well, they're getting too much attention and they're getting too much law enforcement satisfaction. Mm. Okay, it's just the same as the you know a person who's you know the person that cried wolf. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, you know, now when you cry wolf, you're gonna you might have a tactical unit there and 17 police cars oh, and three God. supervisors, and they've got to do something, right? We have to do something. No, you don't. Tell people no. Some people need to be told no, and that no needs to be coming from professionally trained, highly paid and not overworked police officers. When we have police officers running around checking light bulbs, 
I mean, on a Friday night in some of your municipalities in West County, you think that the police officer's job should be to drive around and count the streetlights? <laughs> this is real work. I'm not, by the way, I want to be very clear. I'm not knocking the police officers. Correct. Yeah. I don't want to get an email today that said, you're making fun of my job. No, I'm making fun of the leadership people, yeah, people that are making, that. You, you making you drive around and count streetlights. That's why you have a street department. Leave the police alone and let them start catching bad people. Uh, and, and, and I just think that it, by, by tamping down some of that, I think you'd see some more organic support for law enforcement. I'm worried, though, because I think what you will see in the coming years, you're never, ever going to eliminate misconduct in any profession, in banking, education, no matter what it is, you're never eliminating a certain percentage of things that occur that are misconduct. It just, it, it's an impossibility. So I would say how much more, for instance, how much more racial profiling and, and, and you know, implicit bias training can we force feed through to thousands of police officers? Meanwhile, their own command staff don't take the class yeah wow so something no, happened you, know, you see what i'm saying but we only yeah. we force it on the little person these poor men and women that are working the streets 24 7 and then we're piling on classes and then when they're not in class we're, we're telling them to take classes online so now they're out patrolling but now they got to log into their laptop to take an online class that tells them not to be a racist and i gotta tell you something uh, if you think that you're going to train racism out of racist, mm -hmm. you've got another thing coming. Yeah, great and, point. And 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 so I'm not saying that I'm I want that to be allowed in law enforcement. <laughs> it's the opposite. I want to I want to have you know things in place, procedures and policies in place that allow for hiring better police officers that lead to a decline in the percentage of misconduct i'm glad you're here with police officers and trying to take care of them but if it doesn't work out maybe you could do entertainment law too i'm yeah. glad you're here. i wanted to bring this up because matthew perry friends yeah. actor died over the weekend sure and then maybe you can give me some perspective on this because the coroner comes out yeah says uh, no foul play no drugs or alcohol in the system yeah. uh we're gonna do a deferred and i'm like a yeah. deferred i was like what the hell is a deferred he ruled it a deferred and said that he needs more. I looked it up, and it, they need more investigation to figure out how he died. But there is cause to believe that it is another factor that killed him. And I'm sure. like, what well, the well, hell is know, going on? I don't know. I, I can't. I know that he passed away. I've also been the recipient of a number of really bad jokes that I laughed at. Mm. Um, they, somebody said that it hadn't been his day or month or even his year. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, Did you hear that? Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying it. One, but you no. got to sing I didn't it. I'm not saying it, and I, I would never bring it up. But he was also was massively popular yes. in regarding to promoting when it comes every to those, vaccine as well. And we're like, when it comes that? to that kind of stuff, I have no certainly no background knowledge on anything. I can tell you that it's always best to slow things down. Okay, especially on a high profile media case like mm -hmm. that. And I've had a bunch of those media cases where, you know, it comes out really hot and then it fades. So you jump on it and you try to tackle, you know, uh, the, 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 the pile of garbage that's said about your client. And if any of you have ever been piled on in public before, it's not comfortable. It is, not, and it's, it's really uh, frustrating to but, represent people like that who are, you know, people that are just allowed to say anything and everything they want about somebody, and it's not true. So when you have a case like Matthew Perry, 
I think you try to get as much information out as possible that feed the beast, if you will. But then at the same time, I think it's better that you proceed safe, you know, slowly. I think just because he was in his hot tub doesn't mean he didn't slip and fall and hit his head in his hot tub. Right. You know, doesn't right. mean that there couldn't be Trump trauma. Doesn't mean that he stayed in there too long and overheated mm-hmm. or he stayed in there and he overdosed because he had relapsed. I think there's just saying, listen, we need a little more time and they're not going to get toxicology reports in 36 hours. How so, long does that take? How long does toxicology take? I In L.A., goodness, I have no, I wouldn't even know the first. I can tell you here sometimes 30 days, but sometimes longer. Just depends, again, on what agency, what crime lab. I mean, so you're saying that. I don't think there's even though there's no signs of alcohol or drugs, toxicology could still show there was. Sure. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Then why would they they say there's no signs? You mean there was nothing found at the scene? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they say things like that. That just confuses me. Come on, confuses everyone. I know. I got you, man. I got you. I feel for you. Died suddenly in a hot tub. It was just. Yeah, listen, I want, After playing if that were to happen if that were to happen to me, I want as many details out as possible, you know. Yeah. So I, I know it's one of those things, buddy. Uh, how can people find you again uh, before sure. we let you go here? If well, they want to use you for any of these, absolutely, services? sir. Somebody can they can always call my my office. It's three one four seven eight two fifty eight ten, and then I'm on Facebook, uh, the Crocker Law Firm, and on Instagram, which is at CrockerLawSTL.com. How many cases are you usually uh, involved Ooh. in at a time? I'll tell you right now. I've been paring it down a little bit uh, because I was just I had you know an insane year and i've got a a lot of work coming up on this iron county case which is again a case i truly believe every police officer in the state of missouri should be paying attention to as well as anybody interested in you know basic mechanics of you know what to do and what not to do in in some of these cases and and, and you know my my client in this case was investigating multi-million dollars in corruption and then as soon as the people that were involved in that found out he was arrested aha mm-hmm. so well we'll be following you and all that gabe crocker the crocker law firm hey buddy i appreciate you coming in today, thank you very man. much appreciate it great to be now, here yeah you. you got a knack we'll get you back in all right yeah. sounds good all right Thanks, we'll guys. see you later gabe crocker the law or the crocker law firm and of course uh check them out check out the website check out all the law um we're grateful a lot of really good interviews uh information there former officer um becoming a lawyer to represent yeah i agree margie great guest i'm I'm getting private messages they're on their feed really think gabe was great and he was he's a good radio voice no he does gabe you're good on radio podcast he's a good podcast voice very good podcast voice and it's great because our listeners are loving that he defends our police officer because sometimes defense attorneys get a bad rap but you know what if you get in any trouble or accused of something you didn't do you're not going to call a prosecutor you're going to have to call a defense yeah you do um you know donald trump's had to deal with that absolutely we we know what that's like um and we see what's been happening over in the middle east and we see the lack of response uh biden kamala harris last night on 60 minutes when asked, and they were asking pretty good questions, or at least Kamala was, what do you say to Iran, who's now involved and there's evidence that they are supporting Hezbollah and Hamas mm-hmm. and terrorist organizations, and they're just like, don't. I'm like, what? That's all they're saying is don't. Don't. Um, I'd rather have Donald Trump, who we'll hear right now, talk about if one drop of blood, of American blood is spilled, what he would do. Um here's donald trump talking about that when i'm back in the white house america's enemies will now once again and they're gonna know it 
that if you try to kill our citizens, we will kill you. We will kill you. Love it. I told Love them it. all that. We had no problem. You know, we had no problem three years ago. We had no problem for four years. Nobody even. This is unthinkable. I mean, I just watch and see what's happening. It's unthinkable. This couldn't have happened. Mark, couldn't have happened. Although you maybe were more deeply involved than anybody, but I don't think you even believed a thing like this could have happened, Mark. If you spill a drop of American blood, we will spill a gallon of yours. We do not. Okay, Lizzie, you just said it. Direct messaging. Mm -hmm. Not any of this, well, we're going to think about... Nobody wants war. Nobody wants to see civilians killed. Those Israelis, ask them and their families and their loved ones if they wanted to be attacked when they were attacked like they were viciously on October 7th. Okay? Those things happened. They didn't ask for it. Okay? Those happened. So then you have to deal with the consequences of what happens after that. And you need direct messaging. And this is why Donald Trump is so popular in America. Because Americans, for the most part, I think are fed up. Most. I think. I hope so. I think so, too. And you get tired of getting the runaround from politicians. Yes. Give it to me straight. Let's go take care of this. No more of this bullshit. No more of this, well, don't do that. Or And then one day say we have Israel's back. Then the next day say, well, we don't, we don't know. know. I, whatever you're doing, just do it and be a leader. And don't give us the wishy-washy, we don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, World War Three is starting. And here's Donald Trump talking about that if and when he is elected the next president of the United States. Under my leadership, we will not squander our strength by trying to build democracies or quicksand of like we try to do. Let's take over a country and let's make it into a democracy. How does that work out? Not too good? Or turn Baghdad into Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Doesn't work out too well. But we will use American power to deter those who would harm our people. To every American who is terrified that Joe Biden's catastrophic weakness will bring our country to ruin, and it's closer than it's ever been. I believe it's closer than ever to ruin. I believe it's closer than ever to World War III. And I will stop World War III. You will not have World War III. I can tell you that. And I make this promise to you, as president, we will restore peace through strength on the earth, beyond, on the earth. Victor Orban said the other day, the only way that this world is going to be solved, he's a very strong man, as you know, from Hungary, and he's the boss, there's no doubt about it. He actually asked me for my endorsement, and I gave it to him. I said, what do you need it for? He says, because I like to win by a lot. And he likes and he to win did. by a lot. But he said, uh, they asked him a question at an interview, and they said, what would you recommend to, Bo- to Biden? And he said that I recommend that he resign immediately and put Trump in his place, because during Trump, there were no problems. China respected us. Russia respected us. Everybody respected us. Under my presidency, our country was very, very feared and very, very respected. Feared is not a nice word, but we were feared greatest military in the world. You saw what we did. For four straight years, I kept America safe. I kept Israel safe. And I kept the world safe. The world was a safer place, a much safer place. Today, the world is... Today, the world is blowing up all around, no matter where you look. If I were president, the attack on Israel would never, ever have happened. I think you believe that, right? I think you believe that. 
Ukraine would never have happened. Inflation would never have happened. The most embarrassing moment in our history, the inept withdrawal, the way they withdrew, not the fact that they were getting out. I had them all set to move. We're going to move out with dignity and strength, and we were going to take our equipment, and we were going to take our Americans with us, and we weren't going to have 13 people killed. Great soldiers, great beautiful young soldiers. I got to know all of the parents. And we weren't going to have 38 people wounded so badly, their lives are shattered, just shattered. The legs, the arms, the face obliterated. We weren't going to have any of that. We're going to walk out with power and strength and dignity, and we were going to get out, and we were going to keep Bagram, the Air Force Base, the big Air Force Base. Yeah, Donald Trump talking about what was happening there. We talked with ZZ earlier mm -hmm. about that. She had already gotten out of Afghanistan, but uh, leadership, presidential, that's a campaign speech based on facts, not based on what I will do because this is what I think is right, based on what I will do because I think this is right and I have already proved that I have done the job. Facts. I've done it. Man, oh man, when you get used to the no-show, mumble mouth, marble mouth, falling all over the place, lost, decrepit man, Joe Biden, and lost not very intelligent Kamala Harris in regards to how she puts forth herself and her ideas. That is such a breath of fresh air. Really is. Every Palm time Springs, it, Palm Springs. Yes. Yes. Because what we're Palm Springs. From mum marble mumble <laughs> That's just the way he repeats things. I love it's it. almost, I mean, he's so direct, but it's almost like he's doing comedy, uh -huh. but he's not, but he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to take you down. Gallons of blood. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Donald Trump in meetings with Putin and yeah. Xi and people all across the world? Like, yeah, don't do it. You know, we'll be dropping bombs all over you. We got patriots. You got scuds. You don't want to mess with us. Nope. No, you <clears throat> don't. <laughs> I mean, that's what we need. Yeah. There is nobody else. And of course, if you're just joining us, um, then you've got wannabes. Obviously, can we show? Uh, <laughs> Gavin, Aaron called him Gavin Dushsum, not Gavin Newsom. He is Gavin Dushsum. Mm -hmm. um, Trump is the leader. Biden's lost all over the place, tripping, falling. And now you got the golden boy coming out of California, tripping all over himself on kids yeah. because he's trying to be cool. And don't forget for a second, this is your California game. Oh, yeah, look at me. I'm good. I'm COVID. Oh! Boom, and he falls and on the kid. And then he spanks him. Yeah, he's hugging him and like spanking him. He's like, oh, yeah. And the kid's Just, like, leave me alone. Leave me alone, dude. Let me get out, get away from you. He's also known as Gavin Gruesome. <laughs> yeah, I call him Gavin Gruesome. <laughs> for sure. He is gruesome. Um, yeah, Susan reminding us that by dim, by dumb, by don is just a puppet for Barry's third term. We can appreciate that because we've talked about it yeah. so many times, but all of this crazy stuff still happening. We continue to follow it and try to bring you up to date on everything. Um, Trump's presidential song should be move, bitch, get out of the way, get out of the way. I don't even know what that is. It's, it's a rap song. If that's the one oh, you're thinking. Okay. Gonna I, maybe if I heard it, I would know it. Uh, Jeannie says he's a weirdo. Sounds like, I got you, kid. I got you, kid, which is a little scary. That is. It is scary. I mean. They're all scary. He really wanted a photo op so bad. Yeah, he did. And he got one. He got one. <laughs> that we're continuing to go. Joe, we've had a lot today, man. You doing all right in there? Did you back off? Doing great. You going to come back? 
<laughs> we I'll threw a lot. About it. We threw a lot at there today, though. We've we've covered a lot. Um, special thanks to ZZ. Please check her out. Uh, if you didn't see it yet, go back, like, subscribe, share the show, send it to people. You can send us stars as well. Um, we're grateful for any donations that we get as well to try to keep this thing going. Uh, when we first started the show, we had people who donated as well. We're grateful for any donations. Um, once again, canceltheshow.com. We've also got merchandise there. Um, Matthew Perry. Could I be more vaccinated? Yeah. I didn't bring that up when we showed the picture of him. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope nothing. Uh, I hope he didn't take his own life by getting so vaccinated. Right. That I mean, it caused just, one yeah. of the conditions like myocarditis or the enlarged heart or something from that state. Well, and, and you think about it, Vic, if he was playing pickleball, which was what was reported, and then he's he's on a heart drug that's already, and maybe that heart drug was because he took the jab or it was because of all of his drug and alcohol use. I don't know. But then he comes in, they tell you not to, to be all exerted. And then he got in a very warm hot tub. Did he fall? asleep was it because he was vaxxed was it because he was a drug abuser or was it simply you can't play pickleball and get <clears throat> in the hot tub but here's the thing that i think most of our listeners have said throughout the show we're never going to know they're never going to tell us the truth so whatever was the jab we're never going to know you're probably right the only way that that would happen is if family members decided to do it correct and most of the time the family members are not saying well you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't right it's just well he he got it he got and we told him not it. to. So unfortunately, that's kind of the case yeah. that happens. Um, we appreciate everybody uh, join us. Who's coming up tomorrow again? You, we've got uh, tomorrow. Tanner? Yeah, tomorrow we we've pizza? got. Yeah, tomorrow or, we're getting pizza. Who are we promoting? To, we got a company that's coming in. Yeah, so we've got and his show. He's got two pizza. Um, he's he's reimagining one of his pizza places, and he's coming in. He um, is he does he goes on different people's podcasts. He's local, and I really like him because I'm probably old enough to be his mom, but he's like really innovative and all that kind of things. And we have a nine o'clock guest too. We have a mom that has been fighting, fighting, fighting the drag queens and all of that. She's coming in at nine, and what's and her name is Rachel. But what's interesting, here's a twist to it. We've, we've talked about this before on the show, but it's still ongoing. Andrew Bailey, who is the AG of Missouri, is fighting it. But get a load of this. The St. Charles City Mayor is pushing back on her and pushing back on AG Bailey. Yeah, it's very it, interesting. It's a really interesting. That's coming up at 9. So we've got a really great 9 o'clock hour. And then our 8 o'clock hour, we've got a whole bunch of fun things tomorrow. And it's Halloween, everybody. Wear your orange and put on your mask. And guess You look like you're wearing orange and black today. Well, because the whole week has to be about <clears throat> Okay, Halloween. I'm sure you've got a lot. I do. And tomorrow, <laughs> you guys have got to see Vic's, you know. No, I'm not wearing. No, I'm not. You're not being. No. You're not being Big Vic tomorrow. No Big Vic energy. We're, oh. we're not going to take any Vic Dick pics. No, oh, no, no, shoot. no, no, no. Okay. No, we'll say thank you for watching today and listening hey. to our podcast, and thank you for promoting us. Um, once again, if you guys have any ideas on stories, anything from that standpoint, let us know. And also, if you know companies, uh, we're also giving companies a shot to come on in. We'll promote them, at least, and see if they feel like this could be an opportunity for them. We like to promote things in the area, and it could be local. It could be national. Uh, just let us know. Vic at canceltheshow.com. Lizzie at canceltheshow.com. Guys, thanks for joining us today for the podcast that does it for the October 30th edition. For Pro Joe and Lizzie Sparks, I'm Vic Faust. Have an awesome day. Talk to you next time.